Rallycast. This is episode 57 and part 2 of our OTR review we recorded last week with Karen Jankowski and Preston Osborne, two of America's best co-drivers who switched to the driver's seat for the 2019 Dirtfish Oregon Trail Rally. In our second half, we continue where we left off on the previous episode and discuss what it's like being farther down the start order, dodging fence posts and rolled cars, timing issues, ARA's media changes, and the value of regional events, including Ian's reflections from Headwaters. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. Here's another question I had. Um, talking with another co-driver uh, that's used to being farther up in the front of the field, like the two of you normally are. Um, a little bit different experience being, you know, far, farther in the mid-pack or, or a little bit farther back. Uh, I guess, what was that experience like? Because um, it was Michelle Miller. I was talking to her when she started, uh, you know, racing with her husband this season. And she's like, wow, um, you know, I'm used to hearing the first car start up. And it's like, shoot, I got to get my stuff ready. Got to make sure ready to go. And it's like, oh, we got an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found that I found that to be the case. I, I more than once, especially at Park Expose, I'm like, uh, oh, I don't have time to go doing this. I got to get going. Oh, wait, I've got an hour. I've got yeah. plenty of time. Um, <clears throat> so that was a big adjustment. But also, too, you know, Preston, you were up a little higher. The folks I was around, this is all of their first rallies. You know, so, so maybe the co-driver, occasionally you'd have somebody with a little bit of experience, but all of the drivers, everybody was brand spanking new. And so, you know, luckily Matt and I were able to help some folks uh, all through the weekend, you know, from um, a navigational standpoint or or questions they had or Matt even noticed that uh, one of the cars around us had a, a slow leak on their tire, which they never thought to check. Turns out they had two nails uh, in it and they were able to change it with our help and, and make, uh, make their minutes. So, uh, definitely, uh, very exciting back there. Um, you know, just a different kind of excitement and, uh, you know, I love, I love helping people. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so it was a great opportunity to do that. And maybe hopefully fingers crossed, um, you know, some folks, uh, you know, have a little bit better experience because we're able to kind of help them, you know, along the way a little bit too. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, yeah. That's life. Life in the regionals, we'll call it. You know, everybody, everybody, all the uh, all the nationals have gone, and you're just like, yeah, like you say it's like at uh, at a hundred acre wood. We our our out time was an hour after the first after the first guys had left. So yeah, you just sit around, you shoot the breeze, and you you help you help everybody if anybody's got a problem or anything like that. Yeah. So uh, if you want to st- want to stick at the back end of the field and come down and help help people at like a jib way, you know, we, we'd love to have you join us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and and like Karen said, it it really is such a different experience. Um, you know, not negative, positive, or or anything else. It's just different. And mm-hmm. and uh, like I told Allison, you know, I keep my helmet off pretty much until I absolutely need to put it on just to help with heat and just more comfortable. And so I told her, Hey, you know, give me a five minute warning before we have to get in the car and then we can start hopping in and getting our stuff ready. And, and even something like that, you know, I saw crews that 15 minutes before they had to get in, they started to 
to get in the car just because it takes them longer to get ready. And, and you kind of take for granted the experience of the little things like that. Um, and so it, it felt like it was a different kind of stress level towards the back. You know, we have the stress level Mm -hmm. in the front cars just because of the competition and the speeds you're going and everything. But, um, you know, like Karen touched on, everything is so new to your competitors, um, back towards where we were that, um, any little bit of help and advice and, and Allison and I kind of did the same thing. You know, you might see someone um, looking confused or not quite sure where to go or had a question about timing. And, and we realized that having four experienced co-drivers back there um, really hopefully made their experiences as their first or, or at least first couple um, rallies that much more enjoyable. Um, it's just funny because you they didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you mentioned the helmets, too. Uh, mm. It was the opposite end uh, on Saturday when it was so hot. There was two teams, the one in front of me and the one behind me. Uh, it was a really long transit, and they go to get in the car, and they got their helmets and Hans on. So mm. Matt took one. I took the other to tell him, hey, <laughs> you've got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't do this transit in yep. your helmet and Hans uh, yep. if you feel like you don't have enough time because you've got plenty of time. And stay yeah. cool while, you, while you're, you know, you can. And they were really appreciative. But it's yeah. the things you wouldn't know because you're excited <laughs> and you just think, okay, I got to. I got to be it's, ready to go. It's time yeah. to race. Put the stuff on. And, and, right. and another thing, you know, we had was since I had um, no idea as far as the speed or anything I was going to have through the weekend, uh, my my first goal going into the race was just beat the bogey times. And yeah. the great thing about with the modified FIA timing is if you beat the bogey time, technically you give yourself extra time between stages. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, right. and so kind of once you get in that rhythm um, and – yeah, okay, I can get my helmet on and off in about a minute if I really need to. And so I'm essentially coming up to time control with my helmet already coming off. So um, <laughs> so just just kind of getting used to that. And, and uh, like Karen said, kind of teaching the people around you that, hey, even if you're not rushing, really only three, four, maybe five minutes is all you need to get in the car and get buckled up. And checking tires. I, I yeah. didn't see a lot of people checking tires, and, mm-hmm. and that's another thing. Or, or another thing I saw was a lot of people opening hoods and stuff in a time control. And yeah, so, same here. So mm-hmm. told a couple of people about that. So, you know, any way that we can be a resource to those newer mm-hmm. competitors, and, and just by happenstance, we ended up kind of around them um, throughout the field. I, I think it's good because you, you want these people to enjoy the rally that they're doing and, and anything to make their life easier uh, makes the experience a little bit more enjoyable. And less yeah, yeah. stress. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah talk, uh, talking about helmets there, that makes me remember like the first the first times I got in a car, I would never, never take my helmet and hands off because I was afraid that I would never get it back on in time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, I, was like, I, I could ne- I could never like clip the hunts back. I never thought I could clip the helmet back onto the hunts in time. You know that was yeah. that was always the big worry for me. But now you know you just keep the helmet clipped to the hunts and everything comes off in one go. Yep. Or, exactly. or, or that's a revelation. Spoiled, or you'd be spoiled and have the quick release ones. <laughs> mm, those are nice. <laughs> yes. I was at the uh, stop control there, of course, at uh, at Oak Flat, and there was a car that came in just as soon as it came to the stop control suddenly water started coming out. It was like, you know, they, they hit something oh, and uh, they were overheating and they pulled over before leaving the control zone. 
Mm. And we're all like, no, 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 go past the yellow board. Go, yes. go, go. You know, because yeah, exactly. they just didn't know, right? And because, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that could have been a big, big issue. So uh, yeah. it's just those little things that they, they're thinking so much about just getting to the end of the stage. They don't yeah. think about all those little details, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's so ingrained in minds like Karen and mine that those are the little things that you pay attention to, you know? Right. That, oh, no, 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 don't stop here. Go past there or, you know, whatever it is. So. So, uh, down in the Doofer area, and you guys get to go over the big boy jump. Did you guys uh, try and push it a little bit on that? I know, Karen, you obviously, your car was still trying to nurse that, jeez, uh, that, that restrictor really slowing it down. But uh, yeah, I think you gave it a little bit of a go. Gave it a little bit on Sunday. Uh, I was, unfortunately, by Sunday, literally trying to keep Humpty together because uh you know she she had a bunch of other issues including uh unfortunately the fan quit working on the car and it was overheating and oh, so geez. uh imagine uh stage two three four basically everything up until service we had to run the heater in the car oh to keep gosh. it from overheating and that car you know we have a roof vent but it uh, still doesn't get a lot of air. And so, you know, I would literally, once the car got to kind of a non-dangerous heat level, I'd tell Matt, okay, I'm going to turn the heat heat off now, and then we could breathe. So <laughs> that added a little extra uh, excitement uh, to our day. Luckily, we were able to get it into service and, and get a fix. Uh, so I was able to push a little bit more on Boyd. Um, it didn't get much air, um, you know, but I, I would have liked to you know, on that first run, because everyone was there. And fortunately, on the second run, everybody had left. So the, the air I got, no one will know. It's like the hole in one when, when no one's there. It's kind <laughs> of uh, was my boy uh, jump experience the second time, you know, even though I was excited for myself that I actually like, you know, was able to go faster and get more air. Uh, only people that know is Matt and I. So <laughs> there <Yes>. you go. <laughs> well, th those are the important ones, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, geez, it sounds like you had the whole gambit thrown at you <laughs> this weekend, Karen. Well, now, and to be fair, Karen, that car, this is the first time it's ever done stage rally, right? Um, Actually, second time. So second did, time? Okay. It did do WAPS rally, which, you know, is a regional in the Pacific oh, right. Northwest, uh, I think about 35 stage miles, something like that, uh, a few years ago. Um, but uh, it's it's so it's its second time and and quite a, quite a few years in between and and uh, and so forth. A lot of bugs to work out and get it yeah. you know, set up for the, its new job. Yeah, yeah, and different kind of roads because, you know, um, it, when you do events in the Olympus area, um, they're very tight, twisty roads. So, right. one, horsepower is not an issue. Um, actually, at that event, we were trying to detune the car because we were getting too much wheel spin um, because it just had too much power. Um, and so, very interesting, you know, opposite issue. Um, and so the roads are much different um, and, uh, you know, definitely was more, you know, suited for the car compared to this weekend, which were flat out and, and obviously more of a challenge with that restrictor. So I think that was part of it as well. I think the restrictor really caused, you know, the majority of the problems, you know, the half shaft, mm -hmm. okay, you know, hey, that's on me. Um, and a welded diff, I have learned, is something I do not want on a rally car. Um, <laughs> I, I think we talked about that one, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's what, rally, that's what racing is, right? Oh, it's you, learning. You, you, you get, you know, delta hand. You stay calm and you just deal with each thing as it comes. And I probably had a whole season of 
challenges in one race, but that's fine. You know, I know what to do now when those things come up and, you know, it was a very, very good learning experience, at least for me. Yeah. You know, I, I was very fortunate because the, the car that the boys gave me was, was drama free the whole weekend, you know, other than the, the first run when I decided to see if it arrived to 10,000 RPMs. Um, <laughs> other, other than that, you know, uh, it, it ran great all weekend and, and to be able to have, um, kind of on the other side of the spectrum with, with Karen having to work through stuff, you know, I, I had the confidence in the car the whole weekend that, that I didn't have to think about it. Well, it's a seasoned um, platform, right? I mean, it's yeah, been run yeah. for a while under your team with the same components, right. you know what you need to replace or what you need to, to, to adjust or whatever. Whereas, you know, second rally for the other car, very still trying to yeah. figure those things out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, hats off to, to Karen because um, it's not another blue Subaru. And so I, I'm not <laughs> sure if you've seen that hashtag floating around, but um, it is really refreshing to see different cars. And and for a long time, we felt like our Fiesta was one of those different cars, but uh, it's kind of I a double edged sword. Days. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of a double edged sword where now it's like, oh, okay, a lot of people have Fiestas, which we love, but at the same time, we're not nearly as as unique but um but no it's you know like you said a tried and true platform so i could i could kind of just go out and drive it but uh boyd you know that was another stage that kind of showed um how down on power i was compared to some of the other people um to the point that i would have to downshift in straights every now and again uh say i was in fourth gear and then the climb would get a little bit bigger and okay i'm losing speed let's go down to third gear (laughs) so (laughs) yeah yeah so uh but but uh, you know i i like that that stage even with the power issues and and as far as the jump goes um the fiestas notoriously do not fly very well um, unless you put a wing on the back of it and so uh, i kind of talked with cam beforehand just since obviously he had experience in the car before before it had a wing or our our old car i should say and i talked with bailey because uh jason bailey who has the r2 Mm -hmm. just because he raced without a wing for a while and and pretty much the consensus was well on that jump about 75 miles an hour is your peak um before you you really nosedive and so the first time through i think i took it high 60s basically top of third gear um and then the next two times all right flew all right felt a little bit more confident so i think by the third time i hit it at about 75 miles an hour um and actually got more air than i expected to um but it flew good enough certainly a little bit nose heavy but uh, you know it's fun it's fun to jump a car is it the fastest way around a a rally stage no but it sure is the most fun (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's really fun to have more and more unique cars you know i still put fords in that you know, category because, you know, yes, more and more people are racing them, you know, but that's great. You know, there's, there's different kinds. You've got fiestas, you got focuses, you know, um, and and so forth. So I think that's cool. And that's probably one of the neatest things I think about rally is whatever your car is, you can make that a rally car, you know, it's not like open wheel or, or, you know, F1 or NASCAR where the cars have nothing to do you know, the ones that race have nothing to do with what you see on the track. For us, you know, you own a Dodge Caliber, you could do the same thing. Now, no one has done, ever done it before. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And, and the verdict is still out whether, you know, it's a, it's a good platform for, you know, um, certain kinds of racing. I'd, I'd like to think it is because it is something so different. But honestly, that's one of the reasons I race it. I like different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like to see 
you know, different kinds of cars, uh, giving it a go. And, and, um, I, I can't tell you, uh, all the fan support, you know, because of that people really, yeah. really love to see something, you know, something different. And, you know, uh, some of my friends were out spectating and they said, everybody was talking about, have you seen that caliber? And people were like, <laughs> Seriously? Like a Dodge caliber? Is it? Yeah. And they thought, yeah. okay, well, you know, it's, it's just Dodge Caliber from the outside, not realizing that, no, it actually is a Dodge Caliber, you know, minus the insides, got some safety equipment, and it is your SRT4 Caliber. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the well, fun part. And and without getting too far off track here, but that that's kind of the struggle that we've had with our Focus RS is building it to the limited spec because we we want to stay in the limited class. Um, the way that the rules are currently written, it really limits what cars you can actually use. And so that's kind of been part of our fight is, hey, you need to reword this a little bit or change how this um, reads or else your option is an old Evo or a current Subaru. Right. So we talked about Boyd. Um, you, you were saying earlier, uh, Preston, about the uh, Starvout getting mm-hmm. a little rutted. I, what I remember of Starvout, and I didn't wreck it this year, um, but there's been years in the past where it's gotten just swamped with water. And so these areas get really mucky and it's really kind of clay-like soil out there they put down a whole bunch of rock, big, chunky rocks to help uh, cover up some of these areas that got kind of swamped out. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago on Recce, there was uh, tractors that had to help tow some Recce cars out. They did, I remember. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. that's right. It, was, it got pretty nasty out there. And I can imagine that stuff, it's kind of bedded down a little bit over the last year, but I, I can imagine that's still getting kind of ruddy. And... That, that loose rock and... It really didn't get bedded down at all. Um, no, okay, you know, so, so that was actually my, I would say probably my favorite stage of the rally, um, just because it suits the Fiesta so well, where it's it's a lot tighter than the other stages, um, still relatively high speed, but you've really got to make sure you have the car put in the right place or else you can have a problem. Um, and and so I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I think... It, it really pushed my driving a little bit more just because it also was a lot more blind a lot of your corners. Um, and so I liked it. That being said, the conditions were a little exciting. Um, you know, again, we, we've got pretty good suspension on our cars. You know, we run the Rikers. And so uh, pretty much all of that stage, I did not have to worry about any of the loose rock other than, say, tires and things like that or the dips or kind of the rough parts. And, and really the only place I had problems were um, in in those kind of ruddy sections. And that was probably only about a mile of the stage that really kind of showed that um, and had maybe more exciting of a moment than it should have been when i was at about 90 miles an hour and and it jumped out of the rut in the back end started to come around on me but uh fortunately no harm no foul just got it straightened out and and kept going but um but you know all in all i think it's such a unique stage as far as the look of it and the different surface types you know you start on a a true dirt road with that hard packed dirt uh take that turn over the cattle guard and then it loosens up a little bit and by the end of the stage it's i mean it's just loose sheetrock basically so yeah i was gonna say in that situation where the back end's coming around on you obviously uh, front wheel drive car and whatnot do you just you know keep it planted and just steer quick to try and keep it 
going or, or how do you save yourself from that because I mean, that's a high speed situation there yeah yeah number one rule is don't lift um, so you cer certainly stay planted, but you can still use a brake. So um, a little bit of left foot brake to kind of stabilize the car um, is, is the way you're going to do that. But, um, yeah, if anyone listening ever gets in that, just, just don't lift or else that back end will come around a lot faster. Wow. Um, Karen, what was uh, Starve Out like for you? And, of course, you got that big, huge spectator area, which is, to me, it's one of the best spectator areas in, in all of rallying and that – Okay, you don't get to see the whole thing like uh, like Mary Hill, but it says natural stadium viewing because you got that steep hill coming down where you can see the cars. Gosh, I swear that's got to be like a, a half mile or three quarters. Yes. You can see the cars coming down yeah. at, at high speed, sure. right? And you guys take that more than ninety right uh, through the cattle guard uh, or through the gate there, and it, that, that's that's a sketchy corner with that downhill being so steep. But it's just so cool and can see for just such a long ways. It's just great. Yeah, by that point, my tires were, uh, especially for the second and third time on Starve Out, my tires were just no grip. And so you're uh. coming down, you know, and so you have the, the downhill momentum and not a In lot of grip. In the heavy car that you're talking about, right? <laughs> In a heavy car that's pushing, you know. Um, and so the challenge with that is as you're coming into the corner, I ignore the gate. I don't want to think about the gate. I don't want to look at the gate. I don't want to hit the gate. Uh, cause I've been in cars that have hit that specific gate before and it's not great, you know? So I'm just trying to take it as a normal corner. The challenge with that road is there's some dips you know, as you go into that corner, which upsets the car, you know? So there, there's kind of a balance of trying to get the right line, you know, not losing momentum because the bad part is if you lo lose momentum there, if I take my foot out of the out of the throttle, then what's going to happen is I can't make that uphill afterwards. Um, and then it was really loose after that gate. So you have to be careful kind of where I, you know, start to try to accelerate. Otherwise, it pushes you into the, um, you know, into the ditch. So there's a lot going on with that corner as a as a co-driver. I didn't quite, you know, realize but as a driver, I definitely did, especially with that car. You know, Starve Out is, uh, I think, one of the most difficult, maybe the most difficult, you know, stage that we that we currently run because there's a lot going on. You know, you've got those ruts, and the ruts, depending on what the, what your car is, really can upset the car if you get out of it. And then, Preston, I don't remember if that's the one with the fence that somebody hit and had oh yeah it. took it down in the road yeah yeah so we as we started that stage they at the start control warned us that there was a barbed wire in the road oh so I, 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 I didn't get that note <laughs> oh well we did and maybe it was the i don't know who it was but they said there's barbed wire in the road oh, and we said okay well what does that mean like is it attached to something is just barbed wire and they said we don't know but it's five miles in so we're like Okay. I don't know what to do with that information, but great. Tell your co-driver. It's their well, job. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Literally, we're both saying that. And so, you know, he's ready to call it five miles in. Well, it wasn't at five. It was like four. So, surprise. So, I come around the corner. I don't know that it's going to be there. And I'm a little wide in the corner. And holy crap, it isn't just barbed wire. It's attached to fence. So, it's a fence post. It's a whole post. fence post. Yeah. It's yeah. A big lie. With barbed wire, I almost run it over. I, Three quarters I, in the road. Yeah, at least. And so that was that was my exciting moment. You know, I was like, good God, I would just destroy the car. But I, luckily I was able to 
able able to miss it barely so that was um that was exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah see we, we, we did get the note that it was there in that stage so you know i'm i'm doing my thing and and blasting down the stage and and it i think it was a left three or something like that but it was a blind corner mm-hmm. on the exit and so i'm about to start pushing the car to the outside <laughs> as you should on a corner and i went oh yeah no don't hit that and so it's like hard on the clampers and push the car all the way to the inside and and uh, it, it was definitely a pretty close call call for me too. And and you know you mentioned the downhill at the beginning of that stage as you're coming through the gate. And the one thing that Cam told me for this whole weekend uh, was, hey, that downhill section's flat, so stay flat all the way to the left. <laughs> and I went, oh, okay. And and the first time I wasn't brave enough, but the the second and third time I stayed in it and uh it's a little exciting through that it's <laughs> a pretty think? tight tight left uh up near the top so but uh but I hopefully I did camp proud I don't know <laughs> I'm sure you, I'm sure you did the uh I I caught I caught a car uh um 16 and 17 so Boyd looped the last yeah. time starve out the the last time and um, that was a first, catching a car. Yeah. I couldn't get around it, especially mm-hmm. starve out. Good gosh, you know. Yeah, you have nowhere um, to go. You got nowhere to go, and you don't get to see what you need to see. And, uh, you know, they don't see you back there, of course, you yeah. know, either in the dust. I just had to keep stopping, which, you know, is the problem with dust when you're when you're trying to race. But uh, sure. that, that was a first as well. And um, I, I definitely see, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking and – you know, it's it's easy to lose a little concentration when you're you're trying to battle the dust and know that you know you just need to get around that car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and still trying to listen to the notes. You know, I I caught uh, two cars through the weekend. Um, the first one was much more exciting because it was on Dolls Mountain down the second time through, and um, I felt really good on that stage, and I was actually pushing pretty hard, and uh, was hoping to basically do a sub ten minute stage time. Um, because mm-hmm. I figured if I was really on it, I could do that. And, uh, probably the last mile or so started to catch the car ahead of us to the point that we could actually see the car. Um, but there was enough wind that I wasn't battling dust. And so it was just, all right, keep getting closer, keep getting closer. Well, uh, maybe a quarter mile before the finish, he actually rolled and oh. came to us, came to a stop essentially directly in front of me over a blind crest. Oh, the Kalawi Ox, they rolled on that stage. Yeah, that was 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 a new build for them, too. They hadn't rallied in a couple years. Oh, my gosh. They're the Movember guys. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. So, So, yeah catch up to them they're obviously not out of the car yet so i'm i'm stopped and and we're yelling at them are you guys okay are you guys okay and then they're getting out of the car and it's like no seriously can you tell us you're okay so we can keep going and And they're uh, dazed right yeah 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 and so they finally go yeah dude we're fine and so we're like okay see you later and uh and squeeze by them and and finish the stage and and then on starve out the very last stage um i think there was a car that was slowing up several different cars Mm. so we actually caught up to the millers um fortunately i mean maybe half a mile to go but into the deep dust in a really fast section so um, about 70 miles an hour i went from being on the road and being able to see to in the full dust and then realizing i'm actually almost four off off of the road and uh Mm. i went oh okay yeah let's just keep it on the road till the finish here because this is the end of the race so 
So yeah, I, I was yeah. lucky. I I didn't really catch too many people throughout the weekend. And when I did, it was enough wind that that I I didn't have to worry about it. You know, that's an interesting you know thing to think about. Is you know you, you both are so experienced, and yet your first time driving, but them trying to figure out with a new person where to seed them. Right. Right. Well, I think Preston, you know, you had a better seating because you have driven before and and have more, you know, driving experience. And I think he gave I think he had a 20, right? Um, I have no idea. I mean, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so so they reached out to me as they did to you, you know, and said, hey, you know, what's your driving experience? And and I told them that because they asked for the last three years of racing experience. And I said, I've got none, you know, I've got some seat time doing testing and tuning and that kind of thing. But, um, and I even told them, I said, just put me in the back or near the back. I'm not worried about it. You know, we'll, we'll sort it out with the regroups. And so, um, when I saw where I started, I think 50 something, um, I was actually like, really are you sure <laughs> you know it, it almost put a certain level of pressure on me because i don't want to hold anyone up and and i didn't want to hold anyone up around me so um that that may have almost been a level of motivation for me to 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 kind of go a little bit faster out of the gate uh just so that i didn't affect anyone else's race because i i don't want to do that yeah i thought about that too you know and that's why you know, where they seated me, which was a little farther back, you know, I was like, fine, I, I don't care. Put me, put me in last place. I, I don't want more pressure, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 um, I just wanted to focus on learning and growing and not having to worry about all that other stuff. And so, you know, as long as you don't put me behind, you know, a car that, you know, has even less horsepower, you know, that kind right. of thing, right. um, that would be the only consideration, but you're right. And it's really hard to seed rookies because oh absolutely you know it's not just their experience it's also the car and and then mm-hmm. you know variables like that well and i think you have different personalities some people are going to talk about you know i certainly could have gone oh i'm this rally cross champion and i've done this and this and that and that and and really built myself up so they may put you higher than you should be um or you know on the other side of the spectrum kind of like what you said where it's like yeah just put me in the back whatever is fine and and then um, it can turn into an unsafe situation. So it's right. I, mean, I, the, I think that's the one goal. Of the... I think of organizers, you know, and, and and stewards is we don't want you if we can help it. You catching somebody on stage, right? That's an unsafe right. situation. The whole goal right. is to put you in a spot that within the length of that stage, no one will catch you and you won't catch them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But but as right. a first time competitor and for the stewards and the and the organizers, it's pretty much an impossible task. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. It, it's uh, they do the best, but then they, you know, and then you have PARs, which is very unique. So you mm-hmm. can't really seed based on that. No. So it's then so you, short. Yeah. It, it just it doesn't it, count. No, it's three miles. Um, and then so then you try to get a little bit of data on that first two stages, but you know that's kind of people's warm up too. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, always yeah. A, it's always a challenge. Yeah, and, and I mean, look at uh, the car that we rented out. Um, that guy has zero rally experience, but he has a ton of tarmac experience. You know, he he raced uh, Formula Mazda for a number of years, and so um, how do you look at someone like that and go, "Hey, he's going to have this amount of speed. We should put him here." And and obviously, he had good speed and good success this weekend. But I think the first day he caught pretty much a car every single stage. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Yeah. 
end of day, Sunday, you get to roll into that uh, final MTC. How did that feel? Well, uh, for me, um, it was like job well done because that was my whole goal is just bring the car home, finish my first rally. I don't care where I finish. I don't care about all the other stuff. I just wanted to finish. And so it was very emotional and it was, you know, it was everything I thought it would be. And then some, and then it was really cool because, you know, everybody's kind of giving me a high five as I came in and stuff like that. So I felt like, you know, I'd done several rallies in one weekend because of all the, you know, challenges that I faced, um, and being able to, to bring it home and, and being able to have a great crew that allowed me to do that and, and great co-driver as well, you know, to, 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 you know, to coach me and to help me, you know, through, through the event, you know, I just was, you know, very thankful. And for me, it's a full circle event because my first rally I ever did 2006 Oregon trail rally. I went to a primitive rally school to be a driver and got a call a week later to, to co-drive and, you know, been doing it ever since. So, you know, to, to be able to do what I always wanted to do, which is, you know, drive a race car, um, you know, that, that brought up that emotion as well. And, and, um, you know, just, it, it really, really meant and means, you know, the world to me to, to be able to accomplish that goal. I mean, would I like to have been faster? Sure. Of course, you know, um, but I, I learned so much in one event. You know? <laughs> I, I really can't can't wait to, to, to do it again and get the car more dialed in. I mean, you know, from a testing experience, if I just look at it as, hey, this was a test, you know, another test, um, we got so much great data. I mean, we know what we need to do with the car now where we didn't really, you know, and so, you know, that's um, the, just that data alone means everything. And so, it was very special for me and special for the crew and, and um, just, you know, <laughs> means the world. You know, that's, you know, something we've said probably, I probably said it a hundred times on this show, but there's a reason why in Europe they call rally stages tests, right? Yeah. Because you're always testing something and uh, there's so much that, that these cars have to endure on these roads and the changing conditions. Um, I, fabulous getting to the finish because it, it takes a good driver to, manage the car as well as themselves to get there so uh i mean th that's a lot of work yeah, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders to be able to do that um and, and that was just awesome to see see you roll in there at the end and uh preston you had a really good result um mm -hmm. now if i'm correct here didn't two odd cars end up on that regional podium <laughs> yeah, so um, Shit, I dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, is, that. it is. No, it, it it was really cool and obviously an, an amazing result for the team. Um, you know, we we build these cars and these fiestas so that just about anyone can hop into them and and be able to race them. And and uh, if I can do it, then I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can. So, um, but no, I mean on on a personal level, I I got into this sport wanting to be a driver as well and and almost like Karen just by happenstance ended up being a co-driver first and it's been that way uh up until this point and and so um I I was very fortunate to to not have the car trouble and and almost to a point I think I I I assumed that I was going to finish if if that sounds the right way um just because 
having been in a rally car enough, I know to not be stupid and, and the kind of things that you need to do to get the car to the end. And so I, I kind of took that for granted, um, maybe more than I should have, but um, obviously got to the end and, and did not expect the speed kind of out of the box that I had. Um, and, and it was fun because from you know i was in limited two-wheel drive for regionals and and i won that by by a few minutes over our teammate um who did an incredible job to to hop in a car with no rally experience and do that but uh so it was fun for me to start looking at oh well where would i have been nationally you know how did i stack up against some of the the other faster two-wheel drive cars and and i think i would have ended up 25th overall um, out of That's the awesome. 72 mm-hmm. yeah, or 73 cars that started. That started. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was really happy with that. And, and I didn't necessarily go in with a goal of a, a place to finish, but, um, very, very happy with those results and, and to have my family there cheering me on. And, and again, my wife doesn't make it to too many races. So, so to have her there at the finish line, um, was really special for me. And, uh, you know, I, uh, before I called it the home away from home race and, and it is. And so, uh, it's special to me for that. You know, I don't think it's going to be a yearly thing. Um, uh, but, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes in the future. Mm-hmm. So, so what what is what is next then? I guess so. You're, you're saying uh, you you don't even know whether you're going to make that a yearly thing, but uh, I guess it's uh, back into uh, back into ODD racing for whatever. What, what is the next event on the calendar? Well, tight Idaho. tight turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Idaho. Um, yeah, just mm-hmm. start reprepping the Subaru today for that. So um, I'll be back in the correct seat for uh, <laughs> for Idaho and and the rest of the season. And, and really, this just kind of was the perfect whirlwind of events mm-hmm. that ended up allowing me to race. Um, you know, Cam is out of the country. And, yeah. and so he's actually currently watching uh, the, the TT. TT, yeah. yes. Yep. Oh, yep. Love man. So, yep. so he's having his own fun and, yep. and met with Rod, the team owner slash team dad, and said, hey, this is something I'm thinking about doing. And and we came to agreeable terms, and so it happened. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for these circumstances to happen again, it would probably take a couple of years. But mm-hmm. maybe I'll sneak in a regional here or there. We'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if Karen wants a rematch, then uh, <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always happy to race with friends. So. <laughs> oh, well, I told you it's on. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see if I can get the card totally sorted out before we go that crazy. Yes, yes, I I agree. But uh, no, you know, it it was really cool to be able to do the same race as Karen with with both of us being longtime co-drivers and and her certainly even more experienced than I. So um, I I think it was fun to to have two people who are very used to competing against each other in very different roles. Yeah, agreed. I couldn't think of a better person to be able to share this with than you, Preston. I mean, it's we've known each other quite a while now, and and um, you know, like you said, competed against each other and friends, and it's just you know fun to be able to to share that that first you know time you know experience and so forth. So I I think it was even more special because of it. Oh, well, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, and I think that's the great thing about rally is, you know, as Karen just said, we've, we've been competitors for a number of years, but it's, it's 
all friendship. You know, there's no yeah. animosity within at least a majority of the rally field. And so that's what I love about uh, the sport. You know, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's competition, but camaraderie as well. Oh yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I think we've covered um, a lot of this. Uh, we got we got some, some like review questions here. You know, it's like I think we've covered a lot of this. One well, your favorite stages. Favorite stage. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say Starbout would not make my uh-huh. list necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> not for the barb. That was the barbed wire, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, okay, I think that. for me. <laughs> no, I think I like Dow's Mountain up. Uh, I think it's a really good stage. It, it was suited for my car. Uh, even down probably wasn't terrible. Um, Oak Flat, you know, I think Oak Flat, it's a, a fun fun road as well. It's obviously fast. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's just – that's the neat thing about Oregon is just, there is a, a nice little bit of variety uh, as far as some different roads and, you know, um, and then you have Mary Hill, you know, thrown in there and, and so forth. So, um you know, I, I think, you know, mine's probably Dallas Mountain up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I really enjoy enjoyed Dolls up and down. Um, I, I liked both directions just because, you know, Mike, you touched on it earlier. It it does feel different, going different directions, and and so I like those. I did really like Starve Out as well. Um, you know, Boyd for as famous as the jump is, honestly, it's that stage doesn't have much character. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. it really doesn't. At, after the jump, you've got that kind of little goalie almost you go through and a little technicality there. But um, other than that, it's a horsepower battle. You know, yeah, I remember talking with the Super Boys last year and uh, they're like, you can't make up time on on some of the doofer stages because it's just so flat out yep. that there's mm-hmm. nowhere to gain time. There's nowhere to lose time. And, and so even as a new driver uh, with the road kind of straightened out, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, like on Boyd, there was times where I said I could be going 100 miles an hour and it'd probably feel more or less the same. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it was unfortunate we lost Badger Gulch, um, which you yeah. are both yeah. uh, familiar with, mm-hmm. and it was kind of last minute that we lost that. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, um, we've been, as organizers, we've been reached out to from uh, the people in the Goldendale area, and this that losing that stage actually upset some people. There was, you know, a landowner in the area that that didn't want us there, um, but some other can't people upset were like, his cows. "Yeah, exactly." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that, Mike, but you know, because I'm also on the organizing committee with you, so I kind of know some of the behind the scenes. And on Saturday night at the the little party, yeah. the table I was sitting at, and you came and joined us later. The mayor of Goldendale, his wife, and I uh, forget the other gentleman's name, but he was the one that's been working on roads. They talked about that and they apologized that for that. Was? Oh, yeah. really? Well, son of a bitch. I totally <laughs> didn't know who that was. <laughs> so so he, he didn't make a big deal about it. I don't think he really was like, you know, he wasn't telling everyone that. He just kind of mentioned it, you know, in, in passing. And because um, I said I was part of the organizing team and kind of, you know, knew the backstory a bit. And But you're right. It did piss off some people. And the nice thing is um, by doing so, I, I think it's going to open up more roads, which mm-hmm. is really exciting because I'd like yeah. to see less horsepower roads. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah, the I majority of competitors would, you know, as well, because, you know, you can only stay flat for so long. You want some tight twisty you want some technical stuff in it and as a driver and a co-driver i think it's more fun that way mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean even as you get towards the upper part of the run order i mean look at cam and i's you know our car we've got 200 horsepower so oregon 
or roads like Oregon is always a battle for us because we're at a horsepower deficit and and so it's the roads like STPR or um you know even Olympus or or Ohio is another good example where it really takes the horsepower out of it and right. and makes it much more of a driver stage yeah maintaining momentum becomes the key yes yeah. Yes. Mm, yeah. Even and though I will I, say I love Badger Gulch and that's a fast stage. <laughs> it true. is a it is a good stage. I think nicely. it's one of one of the reasons I always liked Ojibwe and LSPR. Mm. I always yeah. felt like, you know, <clears throat> those two events especially have a little bit of a mix of everything. If if you can have uh if the car, the driver, co driver are all doing their job and they're all in sync at those kind of events. Um, with all of those, you know, kind of, you know, fast flowing, almost have a little bit of a song to them or rhythm. Mm -hmm. I think those are just like the sweet spot. Those are just perfect. And granted, I like a lot of other, you know, roads and stages and other events, but those two I think are special because they aren't just horsepower or they're not Mm -hmm. just tight twisty, but they give you a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, and see, this is the the co-driver coming out of of us, Karen, because I always talk <laughs> about the rhythm of a road, you know. Yeah, yeah me too. Mm-hmm. Kind kind of the beat or the pace that you're calling yeah. outs at, and mm-hmm. and how that feels from the co-driver co-driver seat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and Karen, I love what's co-driving. next for you, by the way? Well, you know, I think I've reignited my driving bug. Um, <laughs> good, good okay or otherwise, um, I, you know, won't be able to get the car done in time for Idaho. It's not even realistic. So I'm going to look for a little bit later in the season to, to do some things from a driving perspective, but, you know, I, I've offered my time, um, to the, the event and ARA, uh, for Idaho and, uh, to work on some scoring things that have been going on and, 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 uh, and help out scoring at Idaho, so I'm going to uh, do that. I think it's, uh, you know, g- good timing as far as that goes with some things that have been uh, have been going on. I but swear uh, you must have been reading my notes. Yeah. So, uh, because so just, honestly, I'll that just, was the next subject. I, yeah. So I'm just going to I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm hoping that I can lend some experience and and some maybe different pair of eyes uh, from that perspective. And, you know, um and then I, I just want to drive. You know, we also have a SRT4 Neon in our garage um, that we has it's done a bunch of road racing in the past and and we're starting to dust it off and, and want to do some uh, lucky dog races and some other things, oh, uh, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I will still co-drive, you know, and, uh, you know, I talked in the last podcast about kind of my changes from a team perspective and some other things that I wanted to go a different direction and and now I know I definitely made the right choice because I love driving. I knew I would, you know, and and uh, I think the only thing holding me back right now is just the budget because I think the car is the right car. And and I think we can get it dialed in now that we have all this data. But, uh, you know, just just, um, you know, trying to, to finalize a few more sponsors and get a little bit more money to to take the car elsewhere and the real uh, hard part yeah mm-hmm. yeah well <laughs> yeah. that's the battle yeah. everyone has right yeah. bring, bring it to a jib way run with those regionals <laughs> at the back <laughs> well you know it's funny that you say that because i do love those roads and i think it would be mm-hmm. a good event for it so you know that's definitely one i'm targeting um and so forth so you know maybe maybe in a jib way maybe a tour because it's only you know two hours that's from your my backyard. house yeah, yeah yeah exactly you know those kind of things so um yeah, I'd like to do a lot more driving and some co-driving here and there, of course, too. But uh, 
Um, yeah, I just, I, I loved it guys. So, oh, you know, that, that, that's a scary thing, isn't it? <laughs> After I got yeah, that taste, it. I went, oh, man, now what? <laughs> well, so I wanted to touch on, and, and I know it's a touchy subject, but just kind of, you know, there's been venting and stuff going on online and, and we don't have to get too much in the weeds of it, but obviously the scoring was an issue. It was an issue like at Olympus as well, but just trying to explain to people the kinds of issues that can come up. Um, I know, I know ARA is working on a brand new database scoring system, which is, has its own challenges. Um, that that's part of the issue, but I know that I heard that one of the clocks that was being used for one of the stages, the time started to drift on that. I mean, how do you resolve that? Right. Um, it's not like every, every flying finish has two clocks. I'm just trying to like go through all the different things that can happen. That makes it a challenge legibility people writing in a, on a time card illegibly and it's not read correctly. There, mm-hmm. there's so many different challenges that goes on when it comes to timing and scoring and trying to find a solution that solves all of that. It isn't easy, is it? Well, and I think it's a work in progress because, you know, we're dealing with human beings and a lot of what happens is, you know, we, we, everybody is volunteers that are part of a rally whether you're talking about, you know, the, the worker on the stage or the person inputting the times, you know, um, and so forth. And, and a lot of times from a, from a worker from the stage perspective, you get brand new people. And mm-hmm. as much as we try to coach and train them, you know, it, it's a work in progress. So I know legibility, you know, being able to actually read the time on the time card um, has come up a lot this year and it, it continues to be a challenge. Um, you know, the clock thing, I, I actually had not only heard that, but I had heard that, you know, a, another event, their, <clears throat> uh, clocks that they had given, you know, the stage, you know, the, the stage folks, um, one or two quit working. So they, they got a different kind of clock. One reads seconds, one reads something else. And so you can have variabilities with clocks. You can have variabilities with penmanship. You can have variabilities just it the worker is in a stressful situation and writes the wrong times on a log Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a scoring system, but that still has to be inputted. Right. And so, um, and then what we saw at Olympus is, you know, the clerk of the course, you know, added an extra minute to everybody's time because of dust, which was absolutely the right thing. But one minute times 70 cars is another 70 minutes. And that pushes everything, you know, even later and later. And then the other challenge that you see, too, is um, inquiries. So inquiries have to be, um, you know, reviewed before, you know, scoring, the final scoring goes out. And so Mm -hmm. what happens is sometimes, you know, people don't know or haven't paid attention or various reasons why they don't. Uh, they didn't see that that stage time is wrong. They see the provisional scores. They put in an inquiry, and all of those inquiries have to be, you know, finalized before the the final scores. So there's a lot of complexity, and you're dealing with human beings. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a million other things I don't know about, you know, right. yeah. on top of it. Yeah, because yeah, we uh, we blooded a lot of uh, new recruits. At- um, headwaters this weekend as well and that was uh yeah we had problems with um 
with legibility of handwriting and uh, i think a couple of the uh, couple of the newbies on on the uh, on the time cards arrival controls were a little bit unsure of what they should should be doing so i mean that that's going to happen everywhere that kind of thing isn't it well, and, and I think this is the importance uh, of our co-drivers being of a higher level, too. You know, mm-hmm. Ian, you're starting to get more experienced and yeah. and you understand how it works. And there has been times where I've seen my time card. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Can you just is this supposed to be a nine? Can you make it clear or, exactly. or something along yeah. those lines yeah. and and timing your own stages and and checking your finish times and taking picture of your time cards you know these are all things that co-drivers should be doing and um you know i think we've gotten a little lax over the last few years because we have had um minor issues with timing systems in the past and so a lot of your co-drivers you know we talk about being towards the back of the pack and and we even had an instance i think i ended up or Allison, I should say, filing three inquiries throughout the weekend um, for different things. And a couple of them, competitors around us had the same issues and had no idea. And if we hadn't told them, hey, we had this issue, double check your stuff, um, they would have they would have never even caught it. And so, you know, it's really putting, you know, I don't want to say pressure because in my opinion, it's part of the job. But as a co-driver, you should be checking your times and you should be checking your time cards. And and if there's ever a situation, be nice about it, but say, Mm -hmm. hey, can you rewrite this or can you clarify this or or anything like that? Because it's going to save a lot of headache if you do it immediately versus trying to wait towards the end of the rally or or later having to file an inquiry about an incorrect time yeah and yeah. things get crazy for the volunteers i mean you end up, you know somebody yeah. passes somebody on stage or they show up one car one right after the other through the flying finish things get confusing you got loud cars you can't hear and, and i'm trying to hot. radio time it's hot yeah, it was hot right and dusty it, oh my god dusty there's a lot so. of complexities and yeah um and yeah i had when i worked to stop control for the first time where uh we couldn't hear the times coming in or there was an issue and it was the co-driver that kind of set me straight on how to handle the situation. Um, yep. It was my first time doing it and you, the person that, you know, I was talking to had done it 30 times, right? Yeah. I'm going to listen to the professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but and, I, I think bottom line is be nice. Um, exactly. You know, it, it's hard sometimes because we're coming off the stage hot. And so our adrenaline's going and, and you know, the, the finish control worker may be flustered one way or the other. But if we're all nice to each other and we appreciate the volunteers being there, then it'll all mm-hmm. work out a lot better. Yeah. And, and we had, we had a few things too, where, um, you know, especially on Saturday. And I think I, I, attribute a lot of that to the heat because uh, it was re- I mean it's hot for us but good gosh you know for the workers it was not only hot but it was dusty and thank you to anyone that volunteers at a rally and we need you because we cannot have the rally without you indeed yes you know and and um but we had the same thing I mean we we had multiple things but Matt caught yeah. him no problem and and uh and and sometimes you have things as simple as the pin that the worker is given at stage start or at the finish isn't very good and it, or it yeah. doesn't work in the mm-hmm. dust. And so, yeah. you know, as a co-driver, you're giving them, hey, let me swap you pins because I'd yep. rather have a pin like that than you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think um, human, just dealing with humans, um, yeah. everybody's trying to do the best they can. Um, I think it's easy to pile on um, and often, you know, that's just kind of the world we live in. Um mm. 
But, you know, I think a solution, because I'm all about coming up with solutions, you know, one of the things is, you know, um, Ian, you touched on headwaters. I think that's a great opportunity for people to go or mm-hmm. to rally and get trained. Yep. Because mm-hmm. the only way that you get it put into those situations, and they are stressful for the workers, and there's a lot of complexity, is practice. So I think one-day events are not just great for you know, a driver and a co-driver to learn their trade, you know, learn their skills, but also from a worker perspective, it's huge. And we don't have, especially in the Pacific Northwest, we're, we're really lacking when it comes to one day events, but yeah. you know, middle of the country, East coast, I think you guys are, have a little more plethora yeah. and it's, it's just a great opportunity. Yeah. I know what you mean about uh, the uh, giving people different experiences and giving new volunteers the opportunity. I mean, first thing JB Nide said to me when I arrived at, uh, at registration was good luck. If you hadn't had a co-drive, you were going to be st- stage captain. I was like, what? I've never been stage captain before, but you know, it would be an experience. I would start been somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's because it's important for stage captains to know how the timing mm-hmm. of rally works. Yeah. Um, and, and as a co-driver, hopefully, you know, you, you understand that and, and Ian, I know you do, but not everyone does. And I think that's why it's important. And, and, um, you know, as, as we're getting people who become more serious about the sport, having your more professional co-drivers like Matt, like Allison and, and, you know, people like them that can take these newer drivers or or even some of your more experienced drivers and put them in a situation where they're more likely to succeed um and really it helps out the event long term as well just because we have double and triple checks of pretty much everything at that point yeah Yeah, and there's a lot of talk about you know um competitors you know volunteering their time and and so forth and some people have more of ability to do that than others you know because of work and and family and and like i said on you know, my side of the coast, we, we don't really have any one day events to, to volunteer at, you know. And and that would be um, a great thing to get some more of the competitors, you know, let's say, you know, the seasoned competitors or whatever to go out and volunteer maybe mm-hmm. for one of those. And, you know, maybe more of the novices are the ones that are racing. Um, because I think we've all said every competitor should volunteer at least once and understand that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the flip side and you're new and, um, and so, you know, that's one thing I always suggest is go work a rally so yeah. you can learn how timing yeah. and scoring and all of the, the ways of a rally and how it works. And that's basically the, the reason why. I so would know nothing you... about the sport if I haven't worked all the time controls. Right. Uh, sure. Honestly, yeah, I mean, makes it, sense. it, it makes needs sense. to be at these times magically show up, you know, no, there's yeah. so much more to it. And you yeah. don't understand all that in detail anyway, unless you've been out there and worked, worked with those controls that, it's a fat. It's actually a fascinating part of the sport, dating back to when it was old road rallies, right? I mean, the concepts yeah. are all the same. Yeah. Um, and it, you really f- understand that detail if you've been out there uh, volunteering, as well as the, you know, the yeah, the challenges and stresses they deal with. Yeah. You know, I I think bottom line though, as as talking about rally as a whole, it's the whole sport is built around time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with the troubles that we've had with timing thus far this year, it's it's anything we can do to make things better, whether it's different processes and plays or, um, you know, I've been, I know they've been working with a new software system and things like that. Um, whatever needs to be done, I think everyone has to work towards making it better. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we're, we're five races into the season and I know there's been some troubles at all of them. And I think that's where a lot of the 
frustration comes from as competitors. Um, and, you know, my myself included, um, I, I try and keep as quiet about it as I can just because I don't know the ins and outs of it. So I can't speak intelligently about it. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, that's the only way that we are judged as competitors. And so however we can get to that system where, where it works as flawlessly as possible, um, whatever needs to happen to get it there, we need to work towards that. And I think the bottom line also is that nobody wants to be wrong, right? No, 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 no. Nobody here is is intentionally trying to cut corners. No, nobody. Uh, I mean, from ARA down to you know the the, the course workers, right? The, right. Um, everybody wants to try and get it right. It's trying to find, I think, those checks and balances and yes. and the, the system that's going to work best. And it is a moving target. It is like you said with new people and all these different things. It, it's not easy. And nobody's intentionally trying to screw anybody up. Right, right. And and I think part of what's missing, too, is the level of transparency that we know there's a problem out there, but we don't really know what it is. And it's very likely multiple issues. And, and um, you know, how do we come together and work towards that, that common goal yeah. um, so that long term we can have things running smoothly? Or, or at least the things in place so that we can make things get a little bit better every time. You know, that Agreed. that's obviously something you try and do even in the car is, okay, I just want to be a little bit better every single time. And, and um, I, I think the problem is competitors think that it's all on the organizers or ARA or volunteers, and it's not. It's it's something that everyone has to, to work towards. Well stated. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And that's one of the reasons, you know, instead of trying to drive Idaho or co-drive Idaho, when the opportunity came up to to do scoring for for Idaho, I jumped on it because, you know, I'd like to see not only kind of the ins and outs of it and learn it myself, but, um, you know, try to, try to move things forward and try to help. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's why I got involved with ARA to begin with, you know, with the competition committee. And, and that's really, you know, our responsibilities around rules and, um, you know, and, and so that's, um, kind of, you know, and same thing locally with, you know, OTR and, and the event. So, you know, I I just want to keep pushing things forward and, you know, I know I'm not perfect and, and I know that our sport's not perfect either, but you know, that's okay. You know, we want to continue to grow and hopefully we can have some, you know, some positive dialogue that is around solutions instead of pointing fingers. And, you know, I think uh, Preston, I think, you know, what you say about transparency though, it works always, you know, um, you know, from the highest, uh, level down to lowest level as far as, okay, here's the challenges, you know, from an event perspective, from an ARA perspective, from a competitor perspective, and then, you know, how do you, how do you move it forward? But, you know, part of the the challenge too, is just how many events all of a sudden we had when Rally America went under. Very you true. Know, yeah. And I can't help but wonder that some of this is amplified because, you know, holy crap, man, we have what, nine nationals? Yeah. I, I've <laughs> even lost track of how many super regionals, how many regionals, even more potentially coming. And, you know, and we're now we're getting back to 70 car fields. Yeah. Um, which is you know, so, so. Of, great of which to a see. good chunk of that is new people into it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We want that, but that's also adds errors, right? And so, yep. yeah. Well, it's, it's it's more to worry about, and it makes the schedules tougher on the organizers and and tougher on everyone involved. And so um, there, there's a lot of added complexity, like you said, Karen, and and um, 
it's it's finding where the deficiencies are and how we can make it better. And I think um, if there's a little more openness about, hey, here's what happened and why it happened, um, who knows? There might be someone, you know, that's just watching from afar that goes, hey, well, have you tried this? And, and that could end up being the solution. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, communication is key. And that's, that's, you know, a way that that helps us all, you know, uh, move forward with with everything. But I kind of, I kind of feel like at least my hunch is, you know, a year from now, um, we're talking after Oregon, uh, I bet you there'll be a whole new slew of challenges that we have. We probably, mm-hmm. will, you know, scoring you go, oh, that was so last year. Right? So I think, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. I, yeah. I think that the challenges are like that, right? I mm-hmm. mean, as you continue to grow and you, you continue to have, like you say, all the new people and so forth, your challenges will change as well, you yeah, know, exactly. and yeah. we'll be oh, back man. to complaining about marketing. We're having to wait forever on and... podium because we've got 85 cars trying to finish <laughs> you know, or something. <laughs> and you got to wait till all of us get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, okay I do like the problem. way they're doing podiums now, though, and, and obviously it's a side effect of scoring, but um, the fact that they're waiting for all the cars to get in before they do any podiums, I, I think that's special. Um, you know, I, I remember my first race I ever did, uh, national race, I should say, was 100 Acre, uh, however many years ago, and I went to the awards ceremony because they did it after the race, and I was sitting next to ACP, and like that was such a, a starstruck moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, those are the memories that keep you coming back to rally, and and I think the way that podiums were done in in the recent years, where you know if you get in after 20th place, then everyone's gone. You're coming yeah. in to basically the workers and your crew going awesome, and you're like, where's all the Subarus go? You know. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like B- Boyd the last uh, loop. <laughs> right. Yeah, all the spectators are gone. <laughs> so, yeah. Though my my wife did say she's like, you know, it's kind of great with you being towards the back of the pack because there's a lot less people to compete with when you're trying to watch. That's <laughs> <laughs> cute. Oh, that's funny. Hmm. Well, one thing as we kind of wrap up here, I was going to touch on real quick. Uh, you you two and uh, several other others might have noticed you didn't see a whole lot of me. Um, media stuff with uh, USAC slash ARA has changed a bit. Um, they're doing things differently since now Matt is no longer uh, part of that group, which uh, I, I was honestly quite frustrated about um, because not just because of the, the friendship we have, but his knowledge. Um, he knows the ins and outs of the sport as well as I do. And, you know, they have a different goal. And I, I wanted to make sure just everybody kind of knows more about what's going on and, and how it was uh, portrayed to me is that, you know, the Facebook live streams, which I personally, it, I think is huge because it gets to everybody. But the analysis, I guess, that they were doing of the numbers is that people would watch for a couple minutes and drop off. There was not much viewership. Um, I, I don't have really details in those insights or whatever those technical terms they use uh, when they're looking at those uh, statistics. But um, so they've USAC has this contract with uh, a company called flow sports or it's called flow racing. And they've already got this existing contract with them. And in with that contract, it's already racing people that are watching stuff. Uh, a lot of it's, you know, USAC's core sport is of course the dirt ovals with the sprint cars and things like that. Midgets and all that. Their thought was, look, here's already racing people that if we add content of which we're kind of already obligated to do under the contract that they already have with flow, then we can get those eyes 
uh, of however many thousand subscribers are in flow to look at rally racing, which is great. I'm all for that. I'm all for bringing more eyes to our sport, especially already people that like racing. Look, rally. It's a cool thing. Um, and look, we do it in dirt too. But leaving out the general public, the general audience, by something that's behind a paywall, that's been hard for me to kind of swallow. Um, I'm kind of kind of fighting my emotions on that right now. It's a significant paywall too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I, I looked into it. It's thirty dollars for one month. Yeah. So yeah. basically, you have to pay the equivalent price of a couple of movie tickets to watch. Uh, as far as to us right now, is an unknown entity. Yeah. Right. So uh, to give you an idea more of what we were producing as a product, and it's still being worked on. Um, so you got Tiffany Stone there. She's the host. And she does all the interviews. Um, I'm not doing interviews anymore. That's a bit of a frustration for me um, as I do this show. Why? Because I like to interview. Um... <laughs> well, and, and and you can speak intelligently about the sport as well. And and at least from the couple of times I've talked with her, I mean, she's, she's trying to learn, but it it's going to be very much a growing process over probably a full season, I mean. Yeah, and, and I think... I, and I get what, you know, I've talked to her at length, and she's a very much a professional. When we go out uh, and, and set up what we're going to do, she's talking about, you know, okay, here's we're gonna, here's our opener. Um, I'm going to throw to you with this. And she's using this, you know, TV per, tech, you know terminology that I'm not familiar with, and, and I'm learning it as, as we go. I'm a color commentator now. So uh, cars go by on a stage, and she's going to throw to me and say, okay, tell us what happened yesterday as cars are kind of coming up and going by, and we talk about each competitor, which is mm. cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I wanted when Matt and I were doing things was I wanted actually Matt to be in front of the camera as well. I want – any type of uh, sports commentary you have out there usually have at least two people, and it's a conversation yeah. going back and forth. Yeah. Um, I think her – being a person that doesn't know can be kind of a good thing for people that don't know anything as well. And she can ask Mm -hmm. those curious questions. She also wants to get, I think more of that. I don't know what you call that, 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 uh, personality type content and things like Mm -hmm. that. You know, the, you know, what kind of music do you listen to that kind of stuff, trying to relate more to the general, make it more approachable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I get that. But like I said, I I don't want to lose the technical cool stuff too, that, Mm-hmm. I, I found that in our sport, and I think one reason why I was drawn to it, I mean, I, I'm an IT guy by trade. I find that there's a lot of also very technical people that like this sport because it is very technical. There's so much to it. And not that we want to ignore the general audience by any means. It seems like a lot of the core audience is people that like kind of the technology, you know, how, how intricate it is. And, and I kind of don't want to lose that. Um, I really did have fun over the weekend on the stuff we did get to do we basically got to talk through the first 15 cars and that's about it. Whereas, and and that's what, that's what's frustrating to me because I want to get deeper in the field. If there's any one thing that I'd like to bring back is our kind of grid walk we do through park expo or, or your Mm -hmm. service walks. I thought those were really good too. Yeah. Yeah. We just go from team to team and and try and get, you know, here's an update from every single person they do have more stage kind of footage they're getting, just little clips and things like that. But they've kind of stated we will not do Facebook Live ever again, or yeah. at least at this point. Uh, and, and part of that is because they want to create this show thing. And the show has both interviews, 
um, and our kind of stage side stuff as cars going by with giving updates and it's all done in a uh, where it's got you know commercial thrown in and you got a background going up they can throw in like what the current standings are and mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a more professional looking product sure which I think is great I, I, I have nothing against it but I think I want that in addition to what we were doing before not instead of and of course again you got the whole paywall thing so yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted the audience to just kind of understand this transition that we're going through and my goal is always to just bring this to the public as much as possible now i'm having this real hard time the fact that I don't feel like it's the public anymore it's this entity that this content is going to mm-hmm. uh, not, not only is it shortening who we're talking to but it's behind this paywall of which somebody's making money and i do this as a volunteer mm-hmm. i'm free and i'm like hmm mm. um, <laughs> yeah so anyway i i still love all you guys out there uh, i i love all the teams i i want to get out there and interact more and more i still want to be involved in some fashion um it's just a very different role for me so mm-hmm. and, and they're still learning their way too i don't want to just make it sound like it's all bad um, I understand the product that they're trying to create. I understand there's people probably above them making some of those decisions on what they have to create as well. So it's not, I, I can't blame somebody. I'm not going to try and point fingers, but I do miss what we were doing just a year ago. Hey, Mike, mm. you know, I, I've probably known you the longest, um, you know, and through this whole adventure, you know, and um, I mean, I remember your first event and, you know, um, the the what you can't easily reproduce is the passion part you know um you have a real passion uh and others you know uh as well and before and and probably even after real passion for rally you can't fake that it's just something you do or you don't so i think that that's why the audience is always connected with you and us racers because you love rally as much as we do right so um, and motorsports and, and all of those things. And you do such a great job, you know, and, and you've continued to learn and, you know, the only thing constant is change. I'm hoping, uh, you know, and maybe hope's not a strategy, but I'm hoping <laughs> that, um, that, that, that it ends up being a, a super positive thing. I've seen so many iterations as many of your listeners have of, you know, um, marketing and, and, um, you know, TV coverage and then Facebook coverage and this coverage and that coverage. I don't know what the solution is for American um, rallying because um, we've done TV. It didn't seem to, to do much. Um, it's not the savior. Um, Facebook live by itself is not the savior. Maybe different bits and pieces are uh, WRC plus. I am, you know, don't think is probably going to be the, the, the growth for our sport either, because I would be curious to know how many subscribers at that highest, highest level. And that's the same amount of money, 30 bucks a month, you know, or, or, or paying for well, that. So the basic yeah. one without WRC live, the WRC plus only 10 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. sorry. And, and, I, and I, I paid, and I paid for that for years too. Yep. And, same here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's difficult. That's my day job is, is marketing and, um, I love social media as a tool. Um, it's constantly changing. You know, what worked uh, a year ago or even six months ago doesn't work today because the tools we use 
uh, continue to change. You know, Facebook wants to make money. Instagram wants to make money to, you know, Twitter. And so, you know, I don't know that you can just put your eggs in one basket anymore. And maybe that's Mm -hmm. sometimes what we try to do is say, well, you know, if we just did this and it's like, well, okay, you know, let's, let's look at that. And, and maybe, you know, what we're, we're lacking now to me is, um, just you utilizing all the tools in our toolkit instead of just one thing. I want to see Facebook. I want to see Twitter. I want to see Instagram. I want to see videos, you know, YouTube and so forth. And so, you know, as we continue to grow the sport and grow membership and, and the sanctioning body has, you know, more resources to put, I'd like to see a little bit of all of that and not just one thing. Well, and, and Karen, with you coming from a marketing background, you know, all about the marketing funnel. You know, it's yes. it's cast that wide net because you're going to get a small return on everything. And so you can't focus all of your effort, even 90% of your effort into one thing or, or else you're going to be missing out on everything else. Because, um, you know, for example, I don't use Instagram for anything other than my business. And so you can put something on Instagram, but I'll never see it. Um, whereas, you know, you put it on Facebook, I'm showing my age here, but I still don't go on Facebook enough that I'll likely see it there. Um, and, and I think the other side of it is, you know, a a lot of the issue you end up running into when you get into these higher publication, um, is they do focus on those top 10, 15 cars, like you said, Mike. And, and I feel like not only are the stories more interesting, um, towards the back of the pack sometimes, but you also get a lot more energy from those people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the people that are going to show it and their brother's going to see it. And now he's interested in rally and, and, you know, he'll show more people and, and yeah, the Subarus are cool and those top level cars are cool and they look great on the posters and everything. But when you talk about the personal connection people have to racing and that's, what's going to bring them back to it. Yeah. And, and those yeah. are the stories that you'll find further down the running order. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the cool things Oregon does, and there's a few other events as well, is they do the competitor profiles, mm-hmm. you know, before the event. And I think it's the stories. You know, I, I don't know about you, Preston, but I'm always intrigued when I find out what people do for a day job. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In rally, because let's face it, um, 99% of us have a day job, you know, yes. and, and it's not rally. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, and so what do people do? You know, and and how did they get in the sport? And, you know, the stories, I think, are are the interesting parts, you know, or or the story within the story of the event. And so, you know, I've always uh, been of the mindset, no matter what team I'm on and I'm doing the marketing is I don't wait for somebody to tell a story. I tell the story because if I wait, then I'm just frustrated because, you know, they didn't get that far down on the list or they just didn't bother to cover us or whatever the reason is. And that's happened so much in my career that I just said, "Eh, screw it. I'll do it myself. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And, and, and you know how it is. A a lot of people uh, forget and, and especially from a sponsorship standpoint, you know, I I get a lot of questions about uh, from people about how do I approach sponsors and, and go about that. And, and people forget that sponsors are, spending their marketing dollars on the person, not on the car. Exactly. And, and it's, it's the same thing when you're talking about a media perspective, you know, um, people tend to be more interested in the people racing the cars than they are the actual car. Cause that's where the stories are. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do think it's a little bit of both. Sure. Um, because, you know, uh, Subaru fans, wow. I mean, just <laughs> sure, so sure, yeah. loyal. Yeah. And, you know, just do hashtag Subaru ambassador and, and see the passion and the excitement for the sport, you know, for for Subarus and anybody that's racing one. So, you know, um, it's, it, it is special. And I think you can kind of have a little bit of, you know, um, of, of all of that and, mm-hmm. and being able to, to tap into it. And then if you look at Europe and say, okay, so, so why is rallying different in other countries? What do they do different? Well, they've got car clubs and they're super active and they've got rallies every weekend. And so, yeah. you know, um, maybe we can steal some ideas, you know, um, from, from other places as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you guys for all your support. And like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, now that I kind of understand my new role a little better, cause it was really just kind of feeling things out the last two events. Um, yeah. I'm going to still in between since, since I'm kind of utilized for kind of shorter periods, my goal is going to be to, when I am in a service or whatever, to start walking through that, basically doing like what we did with Matt, just without a camera or, a, or anything like that, and just get the stories so I can relay those out. You know, I've got other avenues. You know, we're open paddock. Mm-hmm. Nobody says I can't share stories there. I was just going to say, <laughs> if they're not that, paying yeah. you, then they can't right? restrict you. <laughs> for, for your listeners, so, all you know, the more reason to subscribe to Open Paddock because yeah. you can <laughs> still, there's no reason you can't tell that story. Exactly. You know, you've got free time, you know, and, you know, you've, you've got the, 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 you know, um, like Richard and Laura, you know, it was their first event ever, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, brand new car, brand new this. Well, how was their rally? You know, how was it being boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, being in the, in the same car together? What's their, one's a nurse, one's a physician assistant. How, how does that play? I mean, like there's so many cool stories <laughs> awesome. and things out there that, but we didn't get to hear them. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I, I, I mean, in any way rally goes, Mike, with you involved and and your mm-hmm. passion for the sport, it it'll be better with you involved with it. So I, I know I certainly do, and I'm sure Karen appreciates mm-hmm. you being involved Very much. the way that you are. So, oh, yep. shucks. thanks, guys. <laughs> well, for like sure. I said, for for now, um, I'm gonna stick with it and see where this kind of goes and see, yeah, h- however way I can help make it grow and, and teach people and you know they're learning too and you know maybe what they'll find is that they do need to do other things as well because um, yeah I don't I don't want to just walk away from it I, I don't yeah. think that does helps anything so yeah eh, just it's just tough anyway <laughs> on a happier note yeah um, we don't we, we don't want to finish yeah, we don't end on that yeah Let's talk about headwaters because uh, I believe somebody else got to uh, shower some champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's never underestimate the power. How good it feels to um, to uh, <laughs> to spray champagne. I mean, well, to be what, fair, what, I'm the one person in this group that has never been able to spray it, but has only been dumped on with it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you into it. We when the next one of that. us is on the podium. We'll get you into it, Mike. How's that? 
But now that that's that is that's one of the really the cool things about about headwaters. Um, yeah, it's that it's not it's something that regional guys don't get a chance to do very often. That is spray champagne, and yeah. it's, it's a great thing that Nikki does. Nikki understands that. You know, she, I was talking with her after the event because I, I thanked her profusely for the for the champagne spray because it is. It is it's cool. special. It's special. You, you, it's synonymous with motor racing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, and you guys in your national classes. I mean, you do it, do it all the time. And there's very few regional events where a regional guy can actually feel that 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 joy that uh, that you get from doing that that release. You know, because yeah. I mean, Headwaters this year was a <laughs> it was a battle, and everybody who sprayed champagne at the end of end of the event really deserve to do it so as um these these roads they were they were the um namaji winter trail roads so i'd got like loads of notes from previous years of namaji in the winter and of course in the summer it's totally different. <laughs> it's like running snowdrift. Oh my gosh, snow snowdrift, summer snowdrift is terrifying. It's so fast. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you I'm, want the ice and snow. It's exactly. like I'm, I mean, you, you've got a tree line for a start. You, you can see where the road ends and the trees <laughs> start. And uh, all the way through, I was like seeing like little brows and crests and nips in the road that aren't there in the winter simply because you don't have that definition in the road right you know it was it was a totally totally different experience so but i mean the roads were great i mean i've taught i talked this uh the the roads up for a couple of couple of couple of podcasts before this and they really were they were super they were hard and they were they were fast i mean do do you like them better in summer or winter you know, I don't know. This is the first time I've ever run them in those in in the summer. So my this was another thing. You know, my brain was still on winter speed. You know, winter conditions, mm. and I'm usually in the in a two wheel drive. And here, there I was on dry, fast gravel, and I was in in four wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, it was a well, it's like you know. Stage times for us before were like about twelve minutes mm-hmm. for this eight and a quarter miles, and um, for um, on us on on Saturday we were covering that same eight and a quarter miles in eight and a half minutes. Oh jeez! So yeah, no, it took me a long time. It took it took me two or three passes to actually get used to that change in speed. That pacing, with everything yeah. coming up, the pacing and everything coming up so much faster. I mean, it was, it was, it was a fantastic experience. You know, it's. I mean, I feel like my uh, my abilities have come on in leaps and bounds, just just doing that one event at that speed. Mm-hmm. Now, so. imagine what it's like doing something like Monte Carlo or uh, an event that you know halfway through, you know, it, it, it dumps rain, becomes muddy and slick, and having to adapt that on the fly, right? Yeah, or or even Monte Carlo, where you can have the first half of the stage covered in ice, and then the second half be dry tarmac. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you're having to just change your pace, just boom, boom. You know, wow. Yeah. Yes, it was one. It was. It was one one heck of an experience. So it's like, and uh, you had your problems with heat and uh, dust there in um, 
in or in on Oregon Trail, uh, we had heat and dust too. We didn't need a dust minute, but the dust was the dust was really really bad, and it's like the people I felt sorry for were like. Uh, Paul Johansson and uh, Susie Little, their uh, Tiburon was like taking on dust like like nothing else. I mean, oh, they they had to stop at the uh, at the medical at the at the medical point and see if they could get like masks. Oh, oh my geez. gosh! Oh, that's it, crazy. I mean, that's it was. I mean. I, I saw Paul on his knees by the side of the road several times at stage end because just hacking. Yeah, because mm. it, the dust was like so so bad. So, have have you ever had a car like that, Karen, with that much dust? Um, I have actually. The first year that we ran the SRT4 Neon, uh, the first event that you know your first event is when you find out all the holes in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, and especially water splashes, which we found with the caliber this weekend. Oh, gosh. Um, but uh, I remember it was LSPR 2007, first event for the rally, and it was a dusty one. And every single hole that we had, it was just billowing in. And we could, at times, it was hard to see, definitely hard to breathe. Um, yeah, you. and then as a co-driver, you're taking that in. Yeah. And so yeah. they end up, you know, coughing and and uh, trying to do notes and yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, it's a real struggle. Yeah, I mean, I lost I lost my voice a couple of times on on a couple of the passes. Unfortunately, it was in a rather complicated part of the stage, and so that screwed us up a little bit bit there. But yeah, I mean, that we didn't have that bad a problem with dust. But uh, yeah, we had enough of a problem with dust that a couple of times. I actually my throat actually dried up and I could I could barely talk so that oh, was uh, yeah that was that was an interesting experience there and the the heat as well the heat was a, was another thing it's like I was I myself was drinking like 20 fluid ounces of water after each each pass mm-hmm. so so that's every 9 minutes eight eight and a quarter miles I had like 20 fluid Jeez. ounces of water Wow. And, and it's humid up there for you yeah. guys too, right? Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, which it makes it out. hard. You know, yeah, on the was... dust thing, I was going to say real quick is uh, I was talking to John Hall, who's the co-driver to Brandon Semenuk, and one of the things he noticed about being in a manufacturer-built R5 was the fact that there's zero dust, none. It yeah. is seam-welded. It is sealed in every little nook and cranny built, you know, obviously to their to those kind of manufacturing standards versus, you know, people building their own car. Yeah. And he, he said it was just remarkably noticeable how zero dust in the car at all. Yep. Well, I, I noticed that going from our Fiesta, because, of course, we build our own Fiestas to a similar standard. Um, to the Subaru that we're racing now, we didn't build that car. And we it's, it's not terrible, but a significant you know, significantly more noticeable amount of dust in that car versus the Fiesta, which, like those R5s, we don't have any dust in that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was one of the reasons I started chewing gum uh, during rallies, specifically minty gum, is mm-hmm. one, if you do get dust, because even, you know, with the roof vent, you can still get dust in the car. True. And it's yeah. important to, to be able to, you know, uh, talk, is the gum seemed to really help because, A, you know, it, it keeps the saliva going. And B, if you're somebody who gets a little car sick, you know, the mint actually helps. So it's yes, it you know, kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a twofer as far as that goes. But I would have yeah, never dust, thought of that. 
That's a good point. I'm, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to making a note that one. Chew gum. <laughs> Mint specifically. I mean, not you know. The, you know <laughs> the microphone, but <laughs> but but you know, if you get a little dry, you can take a little chew. So <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, like I say, any anybody who went through everything that we went through on those those stages on Saturday, they they certainly deserve to like spray the champagne at the end of the event so well i'll I'll tell you at the end of olympus we for whatever reason we did not spray champagne on the national podiums and uh honestly i kind of missed it (laughs) yeah i didn't realize that either actually yeah i i remember one year at idaho you know it was a, a little bit more of a regional and they decided to not do champagne and my driver at the time that was, you know, uh, their first, you know, like national podium and winning their class and all of that. And I was like, no, that's like, that's just like you said in motorsports, that's mm. just what you do. And yeah. so myself and, and another competitor went to the nearby store and bought every single bottle of champagne they had. Unfortunately, some of it was pink and that was not great because <laughs> <laughs> it was really sticky. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I oh, and yet, gosh. I don't think anybody cared because at least they got their picture and they got to spray champagne and, and somehow, you know, it, hope, you know, it means a little bit more because you, you only get that first time and, right. and um, you know, it wasn't super expensive and, you know, it was just something that, you know, I'm really glad that we just said, screw it, we're going to do it ourselves, you know, kind of thing. And, yep. and, um, and, and nothing on the organizer or anything like that. I, I don't remember what happened. I think they just didn't get it in time or something like that. But, you know, I, I think I agree, Ian, is super special to, to, to be able to do that. And yeah. I don't know what I don't know why Olympus didn't, but maybe some similar kind of challenge. Sure, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do remember just uh, in general, just you know, regionals used to not do, you know, the uh, the, the champagne at all. And I think it was in 2017, the first year of ARA, I think is what it was. Is Art Grushka had entered as a regional, and he finally won, right? And he was like, I want to do champagne. Like, well, we don't do champagne for <laughs> the regionals. And he's like, I'll pay for it. And he's, we're like, okay, you're going to pay for it for everybody then. He's like, yeah. I don't care. I want champagne. Oh, geez, that's funny. <laughs> so that seemed to have started the trend that yeah. all regionals mm, now do. Awesome. Uh, yeah, do champagne. It is. I think it's, it's wonderful. It's great. It is. It's so cool. I mean, it's like those are, those are going to be the memories that I – I carry with me for a long time, you know, the right. actual spraying of champagne. It's, yeah. it is, it is, it's so cool. So, yeah. It's, so, yeah. I mean, I've got to have a huge thanks. Once again, it's a huge thanks to Nikki for, for, uh, for doing that. So, I mean, that, that's great. But I mean, the whole rally, the whole rally is great as a novice rally. I mean, we have like, you could have unlimited recce passes in the in the allotted time, you had like two and a half hours on eight miles of road, which was like only like about ten miles from service. Mm-hmm. So you could get a lot of a lot of recce passes in, which would be great for a for a newbie newbie setup and a, a pair, a, some beginners like that. So, yeah, I mean, that almost uh, reminds me of the uh, Mount Hood rally we used to have, which was Road mm-hmm. Seventeen, I think it was, yeah. right? Well, it's a few different ones. Gilhuli was part of it. Oh, right. Gilhuli was one. Yeah. Yeah. And Fur Mountain. And um, boy, oh, some I of the most. Fur Mountain. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, we all, they, they priced us out of the market, unfortunately, the darn forest service. But uh, some of those roads just, you could use that same road just back and forth. And as you guys were saying earlier, you know, it, the road's different character going the other way. And uh, so it feels like something completely different and just a great way to learn both uh, people working time controls to competitors learning. Just it just is great experience. And it's just kind of a fun day because it's kind of easy. You don't have to really move a whole lot of stuff around. And it's just it's just a good time. So, uh, yeah, here, here to more regionals. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, this, that, yeah, because yeah, you get, I say, yeah, yeah, three is unlimited passes. For recce right. if you wanted them and then the, the the event itself was like three runs in either direction so you would you could build up a familiarity with the road and you we did we got faster each pass so and everybody got faster each pass everybody but was getting experience and confidence and this was great i mean if we could have more regional events of this this type i mean that that would be great because you know, I think we we mentioned this uh, last time we talked, didn't we, Karen? It's like you don't want to be blowing nine hundred dollars on entry fees to a, to a national when 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 you can have as much more educational fun for three hundred bucks on on this on this type of regional. Well, it also attracts, um, you know, more people uh, as well, because if the entry fees are high and that obviously is based on, you know, number of miles and the type of roads. And so that's a, you know, that's how you define a, a national, a super regional and a regional is based on miles and how many days. And so, you know, if you're doing a, a national championship, I think you kind of figure, you know, okay, I need X amount of time off and 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 certain amount of money and and so yeah. forth. And you know, but but what it, the challenge on that is, and I'll take the Pacific Northwest as an example because we were lacking as far as like one day regionals, is um, for the average person with a day job, they probably only going to be able to do one to two events. That's it. A yeah. from a budget perspective, and B from there's just nothing else. You know, kind of close by now granted we have canada which is great um because we can pop on over do rocky uh or um big white if you if you like the snow pacific's um, not too far away yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah so so you do have some opportunities and i think sometimes that's why you see teams only do a couple events and then they you know that, that that's about all they can do and they don't get as much seat time because i do think that you know just like uh, other motorsports you know the more seat time you get the better and and um and then the more fun you have too yeah. because if you didn't go through any type of training or anything on your first event and you really are just showing one up and figuring it out as you go it can be a little bit frustrating and so the more you do it the less frustrating it gets well and and i think that's why a series like the california rally series um is so great because a lot of them are one day events. So the schedule is much easier for, for people with full-time jobs, like you mentioned, and the cost is much less prohibitive as well. Um, and so you can go out and you can race, you know, 60 miles of roads, um, on just a Saturday. And so you don't miss any work and, and you, and they have, I think they have five events this year and, and granted Idaho is one of them and Colorado is, is one in the series as well. But you're, you're talking about numerous events within a one day tow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I think that's kind of a, a crucial thing for people as well is is one of the big differences we talked about European rallies versus US before is you look at the size of France France is the size of what Wyoming and Colorado combined or something <laughs> like that you know it's <laughs> a, a one day tow you're in another country um, right. whereas the US you know us being in Colorado we're happy with a one day tow because we don't have many events that are only one days um, and so because the country is so spread out if we can expand uh, these these regionals into more areas so that it is more accessible for people. I, I think that's how we can really get more people interested in the sports and, and see attendance increase because of that. Yeah. And then the training of the workers we talked about too. That's yeah, another right. big so, part is you don't right. want to keep having new fee- new folks all the time. You yeah. want to be able to, A, attract people, bring them in, have a good time, teach them, and then retain them. Um, and, and doing so in a one-day event, you know, getting that training in is, is really help. And then hams, you know, we obviously have a, sounds like um, a shortage, you know, kind of across the U S with, with ham, um, you know, workers. And so, you know, being able to, you know, recruit, um, and then, and then also get them out and and train them, you know, and with any position, um, you know, is, is really important. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's my, um, that's my headwaters experience all round. It was it was great. So second second in class uh, with uh, Jordan Losher of Leadfoot Losher Racing. It was a it was a great day, thoroughly enjoyable. But I just have one last last thing to say about this. As I, as, as you know, if you listen to the show regularly, we are, are followers of. The, the Irish uh, visually impaired navigator Sarah McFadden. Oh and, yes, uh, and uh, Sarah and I we've become good friends, and we ha- we seem to have this little bit of mojo going between us because uh, at uh, Hundred Acre Wood, I finished third in class, and the following weekend she was in Mayo and finished third in class. <laughs> uh, Saturday I was at Headwaters and finished second in class, and she was in Limerick, and guess where she finished. Second no class. Oh, nice. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So, so she's already thrown down the gauntlet to me, Uh-oh. and I've got to finish first in class at um, Central UP coming up. Otherwise, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's... that's awesome. <laughs> who, who are you sitting with there? Uh, I'm back with uh, Scott Parrott in the rally truck. Mm, yes. So, mm, back so to having looking... more unique cars out there. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Trucks in Absolutely. this case. <laughs> so excited for that one. Looking forward to getting out to uh, Central UP of Michigan, Michigan again. So, and and when's that one? Good entry list. Sorry, that when, that that's coming that up this week. This that's coming up on the twentieth. Uh, is it? Oh, so coming up quick then. Yeah. yeah, it's coming up. It's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yeah. Okay, the fifteenth. Fifty. That's it. Fifteenth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I think they've got about fifteen cars. Yeah, congratulations, by the way, and yeah, good, well yeah, done. good luck at at that rally. The the roads look really incredible there. Oh, I, I yeah, I love Central UP. It, I've done it once before, and it was so much fun. Yes, yeah. uh, you, you know, it. it's been it's been fun following you through your very public uh, adventures, getting involved with co-driving and everything. So it's it's been fun watching you get more seats and and working your way up and and starting to go faster and faster. It's, it's just I'm just I'm just living the dream, you know. I ever since I was like nine, ten years old, I haven't wanted to do anything else but at some point get in the co-driver seat of a rally car. 
and to just live the dream week in and week out is just it's just fantastic that's what it's all about i have enough fun just going for the occasional ride just wow (laughs) just to to experience what you do as a co-driver or as a driver it's amazing what what you guys do in in those different varying conditions and what the cars can do and the reaction time required and wow it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know you missed out in ohio i i I wore cam out and i think he ended up doing (laughs) 15 media rides or something like that so and that was a and that was a three mile or a two and a half mile press stage so it was not a short stint either (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's 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 uh, it's a bit of work but hey you know uh, he he had fun though yeah and I got, got to take got a break, to go all so it worked out. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much for uh, taking time to be on the show. Wow, we've been going on for a mm-hmm. long time. Almost three um, hours. Yeah, Jesus. I know, right? Oh. <laughs> but I, yeah. none of it's boring. There's all kinds no. of interesting stuff. Um, no. It, what a great experience yeah. for you two to become drivers at this event. And um, obviously, Cam, we know you're going to be going back in the co-driver's seat uh, for Idaho. Look forward to seeing you there. Um, Ian, good luck at uh, Central UP. And yeah. Karen, I'm sure I'll see you uh, in the scoring trailer <laughs> at uh, Idaho here and there. Uh, but we look forward to seeing you in the driver's seat again. Uh, 2019 Dirtfish Oregon Trail Rally, a hell of an experience. Keep an eye out for some of the amazing photos um, and, and different uh, reviews that teams are we're trying to share some of that stuff um, have been posting. It's always a big adventure. Press on regardless happened everywhere. <laughs> hey, Mike, great, great can stuff. I uh, just give a shout out to Oregon Trail Rally um, or organizers and, and team uh, for offering the special discount uh, for first time drivers? You know, that was uh, huge. There, mm-hmm. there was a lot of us and, and I know we didn't ch- touch on it, but I just want to say thank you because that really was the deciding factor for me. I, I talked to a bunch of you know, uh, folks that, that we all did that and it was, you know, really huge for them as well. And so it's a great way to bring more people in the sport. It, it was a great way for people to finally get their cars ready um, <laughs> and, and things like that. And, and so it was a great motivator. So big shout out to Doug Herodos and the entire OTR team for, for offering that. And, um, you know, it, it really, it really was a, a big deal for, for us first timers. Yeah, no, that that was huge. I mean, that that was a great factor for me coming in as well. Um, you know, I felt kind of silly asking for it because going, hey, I, <laughs> I obviously have done a lot of rallies just in a different seat, and uh, they they were so welcoming and said, no, you're you're a first time driver, so so get in here, and we want you at the event, and and so that was um, such a great offer for for new drivers, and and I do see more organizers doing uh, tow discounts as well, which you know I. I I think is really helping bring competitors from a, a further radius to to their events. Way to draw in more people. I mean, I, I'm loving these 60 plus entries. Um, yeah. I think it's good for the mm-hmm. sport, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one having just as many. Yeah, and I have one last thing about Oregon Trail because this has only just come up. Well, this only came up about three and a half hours ago, but I will <laughs> see. I will see you all there next year. Excellent. I already have a co-drive lined up for next year. Oh, wow. Wow, look at you. I don't think I have a co-drive lined up for next year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this co-drive is lined up because I couldn't get the co-drive lined up for this year because of 
vacation time but i have <laughs> i have a co-drive lined up for oregon trail next year so well, i'm, a, I'm a, the first confirmed entry for oregon trail for 2020 there you go. <laughs> get, get on the ball now ask him what the early 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 early, early right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. do, I, do i know anybody on the organizing committee oh, mm, maybe maybe <laughs> a i know a couple people <laughs> All right. Well, That's thank awesome. you again for, for being on the show and taking the time to talk about your experience. That was so much fun. You, you guys, wow, what a ride. And uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it, Mike and Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mike and Ian, for having us on. And, and Karen, thanks for uh, sharing the adventure with me. Yeah, ditto, buddy. And uh, be rooting, rooting for you at Idaho. Thank you. All right. Well, remember, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or search your favorite podcast app. We're also on all the popular uh, media pla- social media platforms. Subscribe, tell a friend, give us a like, a share, all that usual social media stuff. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Thanks for listening, and keep it shiny side up. <laughs>